Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue our look at the current state of freedom of speech in America with Dr. Kenneth Hill. Then a little later, Pastor Larry will answer a question about grace. All this month, we're featuring major discounts on many of the items in our online resource center, books and DVDs that will inform and encourage you. Visit our website and check out all of the great items that are deeply discounted this month. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. Josh Davis and Dr. Kenneth Hill continue their look at the so-called fairness doctrine and the present-day assault on free speech. Friends, I'm privileged to be joined again in the studio with our ministry president, Dr. Kenneth Hill, and we are continuing our interview with him on his wonderful book, Assault on Liberty. Dr. Hill, welcome back to the program today. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you, and I am delighted that I have this opportunity just to talk with you. Amen. Me too. Yesterday, we shared from the Assault on Liberty what the Fairness Doctrine was and how it is impacting our world, even to this day. Even though it was repealed in 1987, it still has ramifications coming forward today. But let's get to the basics. How is the Fairness Doctrine and and this concept that is still at work that underlie the Fairness Doctrine, how is that an assault against our First Amendment rights, the freedom of speech? Well, the First Amendment tells us that Congress shall make no law that abridges the right of our ability to tell the truth, to speak as we wish, to talk one to another without any kind of oversight. And what the Fairness Doctrine did was try to codify a way to keep us from having that free speech. And we have seen, of course, since its demise, we've seen all sorts of other things come about. For example, at least up until this session of Congress, and I don't know how it's going to go this time, but every session of Congress since 1987, the Democrat Party, a Democrat in the Democrat Party, has put legislation forward to reinstitute the Fairness Doctrine. Wow. Now think about that. My goodness. So every two years it comes back up, comes back up, comes back up, and it has been defeated every time it's come back up. Now that doesn't mean it will always be defeated, but it's been defeated thus far. And so we've got that to say, thank you, Lord. It's not been there. But We have seen other things happen with the various kinds of social media on Internet, with the kinds of things that we see on cable TV and cable networks. Oh, my. The kinds of evil that we see. And, of course, you never hear the other side. You don't hear the truth of the gospel every time you see the kinds of garbage that comes out. You don't see the good from God. In fact, you have to go to a Christian television channel to hear that, usually. Mm -hmm. You can't just hear it out there in the mainstream. 
the mainstream doesn't tell you the truth. It tells you what the world and the world system wants you to think is the truth. And we have to be very careful in what we're receiving. Mm -hmm. And so from 1987 up till now, we've seen all sorts of efforts to reinstitute the fairness doctrine, either in its original form at the FCC or in other ways, like with the various kinds of social networks and all Mm -hmm. of that. What's the motivation behind trying to reinstitute it? I can understand why it was repealed because it is such an assault on our liberty, but what is their motivation for wanting this to be passed? Well, because they don't want you to hear the truth. They don't want you to know the truth, and they don't want you not to have the cudgel of government uh, over your head to force you to say what they want you to say instead of giving forth the truth. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the government is just telling the church, you know, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. That's right. You know, stay in your lane. But then the government gets to come into the the lane of the church. And so what are some of the dangers when the government comes into the church or has oversight over the church? How is that so dangerous? How does it restrict our freedoms as Americans? Well, when you think about it, all we have to do is go back to the COVID debacle, and we see where the government had its way in shutting down churches and shutting down evangelism, shutting down meetings of various kinds, Christian meetings, shutting down education, even private education, all shut down, because we might catch something that In the end, from what I read and what I've seen, the death rate was the same in the time of COVID as it was before COVID. Mm. I had a lot of friends pass away of COVID. They had COVID. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it was in the, the large scheme of things, it was no different than normal years. Now, we don't necessarily see it that way, and it's very difficult for us to see that. But it was quite the case. And the government didn't want us to see it that way because they wanted to control us Mm -hmm. and to have us close up our meeting houses and not have church meetings and, and not to be preaching the truth and that sort of thing. And so they did that with COVID. And you saw how easy it was to close down a lot of ministry. Now, praise God for those folks that had meetings in their parking lots and had radio meetings with a a one-watt or a 100-milliwatt broadcast transmitter. Mm -hmm. We thank God for that. And those that went on the Internet and and in various ways put the gospel out on radio and all of that. In fact, COVID was good in some ways— because it caused Christians to think of other ways to practice their faith. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the gathering of ourselves together in the name of Jesus Christ is the main way that we come together to learn and to, to grow. However, we had to learn some new ways during that time because of the various kinds of evil that were being put forth by the government. I remember when COVID first started that someone was saying, I wonder if 
it was one of the first Sundays after it started, and said, I wonder if the gospel has been shared this much on Facebook ever since it was started. And COVID forced churches that weren't on Facebook, weren't interested in, and all of a sudden everybody was. And so in that sense, I agree with you that it was a great way to force churches to join into the platforms where people were in ways that we could think outside the box to reach others. Even though our freedoms were attempted to be squashed and held back, especially in states like California, where it just drug on for month after month after month. And I remember pastors like John MacArthur and others who took a strong stand and said, we need to get back into our churches. And the government intrusion on worship and worship practices How else has the Fairness Doctrine or some of the other government attempts to assault our liberty, how do you see that in our nation today and in the recent past? I see that the government has done well in its effort to breach the lines of communication. It's really put forth great fervor against Christians. But, you know, most of the time we don't see that. Most of the time, we don't notice it Mm -hmm. because we're sort of insulated in some ways. But what we found after COVID is that there has become an awareness of the efforts of the government, and now Christians are actually starting to wake up and look at it and to say, no, I don't want to be involved in that. I want to have freedom to express myself and freedom to tell the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a big part of it. And so when we think about this assault on our liberty, and we think about the fairness doctrine, whether it's at the time of trying to bring it back again, or if we just think about what all it caused in the past, we know that they have failed. The liberal sources have failed in their effort to shut up the church. The church has not been quiet. The church has continued to bring forth the truth. That's not saying we've done the best job we could do, but it is saying we have continued to do the job. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something to be said for the Watchman on the Wall broadcast and Southwest Radio Church Ministries and Prophecy in the News magazine and the efforts that they have, all of these efforts of ministry are to be applauded and are to be supported because without them, many people, even today, would not hear the truth. That's absolutely right. And I'm glad that we can have a part in getting out God's Word and that we do have this channel We're joined by Dr. Kenneth Hill, our ministry president, and we are discussing his book, Assault on Liberty, The Rebirth of the Fairness Doctrine. And you can get your copy by calling 1-800-652-1144, 1-800-652-1144, or by visiting our website, swrc.com. And request your copy of Dr. Hill's book, Assault on Liberty, today. And so we see that there is this assault on our First Amendment rights. 
what can we do as Christians, as people who want to share the good news? What can we do to support free speech and restrict some of these encroachments that would limit or silence our voices? That's a good question. I think that by speaking out, we reinforce the freedoms that we have. By telling the truth in love, by sharing the gospel, by giving forth the scripture, spending a little time talking with your friends about the things of God. All of those things keep the lines of communication open, and they continue to allow us to be heard when we speak of the truth of God. I think it's interesting. I go on the internet from time to time, whether it be through YouTube or one of the other many channels, and I am amazed sometimes at the number of good Bible teachers that I can hear. And many of them are not known by me or by anybody else for that matter, but they're telling the truth. The Holy Spirit of God is teaching through them, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing to me. It's wonderful to see it. Now, that does not take the place of gathering together with those of like precious faith and enjoying the time of fellowship, singing and praying and hearing the preaching of God's Word, the teaching of God's Word. To hear it on TV, video, audio, all of those things that we provide is important. Yes. But it's more important for us to find a good group of believers that have the truth being taught to them so we can enjoy that fellowship together. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think many people view the church as a place that you go to instead of who we are. You know, we are the church. It's it's not just a place that we (laughs) go to. And I'm glad that we have our ministry, and I love to be able to bring our listeners this kind of content and make them aware of these things. Again, before I read your book, I was painfully unaware of many of these things. And the assault that has been going on against our freedoms here in America going back Almost a hundred years now. Hard to think of that. (laughs) Now, our ministry does have a prophecy focus. And so I wanted to wrap up our time together on this session by thinking towards the future. How do you see the restriction of our free speech tying into the end times events with characters like the Antichrist coming onto the scene, moving toward a one world system? How do you see the restriction of free speech as we move towards those kinds of things? It's going to get worse before it gets better. We're going to have to keep our eyes open, our spiritual antennas up, because the government and the shadow government, if you will, is very, very strong And Satan is using these things that we would think of as being benign. Satan is using these things to prepare us for his rule. And, of course, we know that God's not going to let that go forward. Mm -hmm. 
there's a point, and when it reaches that point, it's going to be finished. But it's going to take place. These things are going to continue. We're going to continue to see the march of evil, and yet we know that God is not silent. God is not impotent. (laughs) God's going to take care of business. And it's not like some of us who stand back and watch. God's going to be involved. Yes. And let's give our listeners hope. How can we keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of all the arrows? And I see the arrows being shot at us from every single direction. It's not just our free speech that's under attack. It's all of our other freedoms. But how do we maintain our focus on Jesus while we're getting bombarded from so many different angles and assaulted in our liberty in so many different ways. As you have the opportunity, take time to spend time alone with God. Listen to Him. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in study of the Word. Take your time to listen to what God has to say. For example, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, we see there where John writes and says, What manner of love has the Father shown to us by making us the sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. What manner of love? When we think of love, we usually think of men and women. We usually think of boys and girls. We usually think of people that we love. Mm-hmm. But when we think of God's love, it is perfect love, and it's love that changes us and makes us fit for heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. And as long as we are understanding that we're a child of the King through Jesus Christ, we're going to see the right side of every issue. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Hill. Well, it's been my privilege to be with you. Friend, let me remind you, you can pick up your copy of his wonderful book, Assault on Liberty, by calling our ministry at one 800 652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit our website, swrc.com. Until next time, may God bless you. Keep your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus Christ, our hope. This fascinating two-day look at the Fairness Doctrine and the current state of free speech in America is available in its entirety on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Today's resource spotlight is on the book Assault on Liberty by Dr. Kenneth Hill. In his book, Assault on Liberty, Rebirth of the Fairness Doctrine, you'll not find a more authoritative synopsis of the Fairness Doctrine from a historical perspective and the current political realities in our government. Topics covered include how the Fairness Doctrine affects your free speech, 
how 40% of Americans would have their news and information censored if the Fairness Doctrine was revived, and what you can do to prevent these abuses. Order Assault on Liberty today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order this book online, swrc.com. Now our host, Pastor Larry Spargimino, comes and answers this question. Pastor Larry, why is grace considered outrageous? The word outrageous is a word that has often been applied to grace. On more than one occasion, I have heard or read the phrase outrageous grace. The word outrage signifies something that is very wrong, very unjust. It carries the meaning of being shocked, becoming indignant. Synonyms for outrageous are shocking, disgraceful, scandalous, appalling, and abhorrent. What is it about grace that is outrageous? Well, it's free. What? Free? Nothing is free, someone says, not even death. You have to pay death taxes. Well, many years ago when I was a devout Roman Catholic but raising many questions about the Bible and especially about salvation, I met a Chinese pastor who showed me Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, along with John 3:16 and Romans 4, 5, and Titus 3, 5. He explained to me that grace is free because no sinner can pay the price that would cause God to save that sinner. He said, your best works are as filthy rags, and he showed me Isaiah 64, 6. He said, if I had to do something good to please God, I would fail because there is nothing that I could do that would impress God and allow God to be just and to save me. For God to save a sinner like me, God would have to be unjust in the sense that he gives me something extremely precious and wonderful and that lasts for all eternity that I do not deserve. Now, if someone gets something that is extremely precious and valuable and that person absolutely does not deserve that, that is something outrageous. could be considered shocking, scandalous, appalling, and abhorrent. Well, what this pastor was saying made sense to me, and he showed me several verses in the Bible, like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that absolutely supported what he was saying about free grace. However, I am intellectually inquisitive by nature and know that there are, quote, always two sides to a story. I thought, just for the sake of intellectual honesty, I should go back to my priest and tell him exactly what this Chinese pastor told me, and also quote to the priest the Bible verses that the pastor had quoted to see what the priest would answer. Maybe, since he was a Roman Catholic priest and had been to seminary, He would show me how this Chinese pastor was absolutely wrong about free grace, and uh, then I would remain a good Roman Catholic. So I excitedly made an appointment to see the priest. When I arrived at the rectory, I had a large King James Bible with me that I had underlined and highlighted after much study, and a notebook loaded with my notes and scripture verses that the pastor had shared with me. So I began to give the priest my little dissertation on free grace. After putting up with my faltering words for about ten minutes, the priest gave a long sigh, raised his right hand, and said, My son, I want to ask you one question. Well, I gulped and thought to myself, This priest is going to bury me in his careful, well-thought-out arguments, and then he's going to tell me that I need to go to the confessional and confess all my sins because my soul 
was in great danger of eternal hellfire. But nothing like that happened. Instead, his question to me was this. Does it make sense that Almighty God would let you into his heaven simply by believing in Jesus Christ? I mean, you have to do something to get into heaven. Well, the Chinese pastor had already told me that my priest would challenge me with a does-it-make-sense question. The pastor said, of course it doesn't make sense. It is the doctrine of sacred scripture. We don't judge the Bible by human reason. We let the truth of scripture judge us. When the Bible conflicts with human reason, we admit that human reason is corrupted by the fall and sometimes woefully inadequate in judging matters of the Spirit. So that is basically the answer I gave to the priest. He was very unhappy with me. Down through the 50 or more years of Christian ministry that I have been engaged in, I still marvel at the marvelous and wonderful grace of God. No one can earn God's approval, and no one needs to. If you are trying to win God's approval, you will never have done enough. And as soon as you think you might be close to having done enough, the feeling will overshadow you that you've got to do more. Trying to win God's approval will always result in frustration. You can never do enough to pay for Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. You can never do enough to pay for his love. But the fact is, you don't have to. Jesus has already paid the price. All you have to do is to accept his gift of eternal life. That is what is so outrageous about grace. It sounds like God is unjust and has done something horribly wrong. How can we believe in a God who lets people into heaven who don't even deserve to be in heaven? Well, Romans 3, 25 and 26 answers that very valid question. I want you to notice the word propitiation in this passage. It's a $10 theological term but it contains an infinite amount of eternal blessings, quote, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Notice those last few words, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Yes, grace is scandalous and outrageous. But what happened at the cross is amazing. The death of Christ was a perfect sacrifice which satisfied both the justice of a holy God who must punish sin and the love of a gracious God who would redeem sinners. The death of Christ provides both. Yes, grace is outrageous, but God does not compromise his justice and holiness one bit in offering eternal life as a free gift. Friend, if you haven't accepted the gift of eternal life, I encourage you to do so right now. Today's resource spotlight is on the book, Assault on Liberty by Dr. Kenneth Hill. This book will inform and equip you to prevent free speech abuses, and it will also show you how to combat the current assault on your liberty that is taking place. Order the book, Assault on Liberty, today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order Assault on Liberty by visiting our website, swrc.com. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Don't miss a moment of Watchmen on the Wall. Download our SWRC mobile app, 
or subscribe to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Head into the weekend, my friends, with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.